Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We're your hosts, Marcia Novelli. And Ross Barber. Today on the show, we have James Black, lead guitarist of Finger Eleven with us. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going great. Yeah, it's going really good. Good. Thanks for uh, joining us today on the show. Oh, I'm excited to, to be here. It's such a futuristic thing we're doing here. I know. It's like, it's not even radio. It's a podcast and it's on a TV phone. <laughs> it's very 2001. <laughs> I love it. So we like to start out the show um, asking our guests to tell us three things about themselves that everyone should know. Oh, um, hmm. I guess, uh, like you mentioned, uh, I play guitar, uh, in finger 11. I just, I play guitar. That's a big part of me and what I do. So uh, yeah, I make music. I'm, I'm a songwriter. I'm a, a music maker. Uh, I guess that all falls into one. That's one topic. And then, uh, geez, I don't know. Huge cinema, huge cinema buff. Um, and I think sometimes that kind of leaks into uh, my music and everything as well. But and then, huh? Third one. What should anyone know about me? The third one. Uh, I guess yeah. Anything kind of uh, nerd culture, like really into Star Wars and uh, action figures and uh, yeah, toys and monster movies and stuff. Superheroes. Nice. And aren't you? Uh, aren't you a new dad? I am. Yeah. Your sister told me that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, four and a half months. And uh, I guess it's still surreal. I, I'm, I'm still coming to terms with the idea that like, hey, yeah, I have a father in my repertoire of things that I do now. Well, congrats, uh, it's, man. Uh, oh, yeah, thank you. It's amazing. Like, he's the best little guy. Uh, it's, it's been an incredible thing so far. I'd actually like to ask you, how has that worked into your world of uh, being a musician, a full-time you know, professional musician, now you have a child? Yeah, uh, I guess it's still early days and he's still young and I've been fortunate enough that I haven't been on the road. We've been writing a record for a while and about to go away and record. So I've been lucky that the the sort of music life has just coincidentally been on hold as, as this has been going on. So I can't imagine actually being away and doing the kind of touring that we used to do uh, over this last like four months, I, the things I would have missed. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite crazy. You've been, uh, you've been touring for most of your life pretty much. Yeah. I never really thought about how much touring I had done that. Of course that would make a lasting impression on my life. And just that's explains a bit of why I'm a weirdo in a way, I guess. <laughs> well, speaking of touring, where, where would you say is the strangest place you've ever played? Um, just wow. Anywhere. Okay. So one, we, we did, we went to really, really Northern, uh, 
northern Ontario. It was like a up in like a native uh, natives reserve. There literally wasn't anything else to do up there. It, it was <laughs> it was a, a surreal thing. The 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 hotel was the supermarket was the library was the DMV was oh the God. school. I hadn't seen a. a a culture like so concentrated like that before that so that was that was pretty surreal and and i think it was called shibugamu or we or we or <laughs> that's we, uh, amazing that's amazing that name forever will stick with me the fact that that's a real place was it a fun that's show though or was it the one show was really just like a normal concert like just rowdy bunch of drunk people right it was a great time and then the other one was it, it was a dry community and i'm not sure if it was like a religious thing or what, but they, hmm. there was no alcohol. So it was a very quiet, calm crowd, like for a, a rock show. A little bit of that, a little bit of... Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was with this like um, pop guy named Danny Fernandez or something. Danny Rodriguez or Danny Fernandez or something. And it just couldn't have been a, a worse uh, matchup of bands. <laughs> like it was, it was sort of like a like a Backstreet Boy <laughs> on its own. And then, but that sounds like it would be perfect. Like, what? Yeah. But I, I'll, I will never forget it because we flew on these tiny little planes and it was called Shibugamu. And- <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. That's on my list of places to go. Shibugamu. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> That's when you know here. you've made it's it. The That's the yeah. one. That's you have to come one. over here, though, for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to go to Shibugamu. That's <laughs> you haven't been. Sorry for anyone, uh, yeah. anyone from Shibugamu. We no, all five people are going to be, you know, <laughs> yeah, writing down this video. <laughs> oh yeah, I now I, I'm not sure if Shibugamu was just somewhere we stopped along the way to to wherever. I can't even have this conversation because every time yeah. you say that name, I'm going <laughs> to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So you guys formed in '89, but not as Finger Eleven. Yeah, actually, for the first while, we never had a name. We just we picked a different one every time we went and played somewhere. So and how then, did yeah. uh, how did Rainbow Butt Monkeys stick? <laughs> yeah, that, see, that was just one the one that we had when uh, a few other people in the world noticed. We recorded some demos uh, that eventually ended up winning a radio contest, and then we got a record deal, and all of a sudden there was a record on the shelves, and it was. The Rainbow Butt Monkeys. We, were, <laughs> like, we would dress up in costumes and jump around trying to be like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And uh, it's okay. Incubus did the same thing back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, I think it, they. You know, there was quite a slew of that kind of you know white boy funk rock uh, alternative trying to your best to be a suburban kid that's weird kind of rock. Uh, and uh, yeah, once I think once we the beginning of writing the first finger 11 record started we we just knew already we're like you know what the 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 name was a mistake on the last record if the music we had no complaints we wanted to go to a better studio uh we thought the artwork was great everything about the record was great but the name of the band was just like we can't be this for <laughs> forever. And that was in 97 when you guys yeah. teamed up with Coalition Entertainment. You guys did your first record as Finger Eleven. And there's yeah. a huge, huge change in sound as well. Yeah. Um, and then I think in that same year, you guys also signed, I mean, it was actually the next year you guys signed to uh, Wind Up, which no longer exists, but. Yeah. Yeah. We had been on Polygram Records with uh, the Rainbow Butt Monkeys mm-hmm. and actually Tip had come out on, re- on, polygram and oh, no kidding. they i think the guy who signed us 
was fired maybe like a week after that record came out. Uh, not because of that. <laughs> I was say, it was Rainbow Butt Monkeys, you're fired. <laughs> uh, it all, it, you you're know, out of here. <laughs> it was a big project merger, and mm-hmm. they all assured us, like, no, you're not getting dropped. You're not getting dropped. But uh, do you guys want to meet for lunch uh, with the the head of A and R? And then the guy comes in, and he's like, you're not getting dropped, but uh, we're not uh, gonna work your record anymore. It's like, what? <laughs> sounds like we're getting dropped. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then we ended up with Wind Up that. Like as soon as they got uh, involved, all of a sudden the Canadian labels were wanting to put it out. Hmm. They were thinking, "Oh my God, you guys are on the American radio and stuff like that." And so that was we always felt a little bit of uh, like I don't know what the, what's the word. Uh, well, like your home base caught well, on. Just like second. we like not revenge, but like <laughs> the fact that eventually those the old label had to go like, Oh, you know what? Yeah. We probably should have worked that record. That was, huh. you know, so, well, maybe things wouldn't have turned out the way you did. Sorry. You know? Retribution is the word that I mean, <laughs> but so, and, and in all of that, the, the blessing was that we we ended up on wind up records at the time when they were just kind of excited and figuring out what they were doing as a label. So your third album with uh, Finger Eleven, you guys got uh, gold status in the U.S. and platinum status in Canada. And the big single from there was One Thing, which reached number 16 in the U.S. Hot 100 chart in 2003. I was just sitting stoned under a tree and all of a sudden, here's this little guitar lick. I'm going to go and record it really quick. And me and Scott had been away at this this house as I was laying it down, just like, oh, this little thing just came. He was like, oh, let me sit with this for a bit. And then the song, that was it. The song was done. We didn't think much of it. Uh, everyone else had this reaction to the song, one thing, out of all of them. Like, we didn't think much. We were like, oh, that's a little ditty that we did on the side. And that, I think, was the first time ever any song of ours just had that, like, instant for friends that we played it for they were like oh i want to hear that one again yeah you know it's interesting how the songs that just kind of come out of nowhere and happen so quickly there's something special about it you didn't have to overthink it it was all just completely natural well the 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 other time i think the next time uh that that happened was paralyzer Mm. and so it ended up being a big even bigger song you guys uh won a a juno for that record uh them versus you versus me it, it, I think when one thing, oh shit! I think when one thing happened, we thought that was very much a fluke, and we got all these opportunities to go and do like American Top Forty TV show with Hillary Duff and Rihanna and all this stuff, and it, it's surreal. Like, what the hell are we? Why us? What are we doing at this Top Forty thing? And and like, we're the only band that's actually playing their song. Everyone else is lip syncing. Wait, 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 wait! Whoa, whoa! Wait. Yeah, wait. They 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 don't sing live. That's sad. Uh, this the drumsticks. The drumsticks are like hollow, hollow plastic. Are you serious? Like, yeah, oh, we had God. a good laugh about it. That's so pathetic. But so, man. I guess we had this thought. Maybe it was only going to be a one shot thing, and then out of nowhere paralyzer came and it was like okay we get to do it again we get to play rock guitar this time like we did miss america bikini portion of the the show playing paralyzer <laughs> like wow this is we never thought like we thought while we were joking about the hollow drumsticks and the lip syncing at the hillary duff thing that that was the extent of our exposure to this strange world and right it just kept going i met donald trump and donny osmond and yeah it was 
It was a surreal night. What was that like? Meeting it was Donald just, Trump, one of the he biggest was just like, in Yeah, you know what? He was very dismissive. It was exactly like what you would think. Like, yeah. I have a picture of me and him, and he's like, like he must have just looked at the camera we were going to take a, he, that was taking our picture and, yeah. and got bored of it in a second. It was sort of looking. <laughs> yeah, just send me the photo and I can, you know, can overlay it here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can do like the nice uh, Ken Burns uh, zoom effect on the picture. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, but s- surreal things like that, that came out of uh, a song that just also came out of nowhere. Like Paralyzer was a different story. It wasn't so simple as one thing, but uh, the, the whole reason it exists, um, a buddy of mine, Chris, he was a photographer. Well, he was, he was trying to be a photographer. And so we had said like, Oh, well, we're jamming on Thursday. Why don't you come up to our jam space and just take some pictures. If you need something to take pictures of, maybe we can benefit from the pictures and you can benefit from taking some. Uh, so we went up there and we were jamming for some days we would get like, we, it was a long trip up to the, the castle where we, we would rehearse and, some days by the time we got there we were already sort of like bored of each other and like we would start making music and go like this is a shit day like we just commuted from toronto to burlington and drove up to campbellville to jam and like no mojo was coming and we would just some days pound it until like okay we were been here for four or five hours and nothing's come but we knew in the first 10 minutes that nothing was but this day we were like you know what fuck it we know this is one of those shit days. Let's just pack up and get out of here and we'll go to the pub down at the end of the road and that'll be our jam day. And, uh, just as we're all packing up, our buddy pulls up in his car with his camera and his lights and stuff. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> we told him he was going to take pictures. So we got to, got to do something. He's come all the way up here. So we set up the gear again quickly. Like we didn't set up all the stuff. It was like, ah, we'll, we'll just, whatever, let's make something up. We'll make up something really quick that we can play while he's taking pictures and paralyzer. That's, <laughs> that's the riff. That's the song. We was like, well, before we leave, we might as well record it. And then pff, two days later, Scott's written some vocals over it. And that's the song that changes our lives again. Back at edge fest. I think it was 2001. I think it was 2001, early 2000s. Uh, my wife now, but at the time it was my girlfriend. And, you know, you guys, you guys start off. I, I, I can't remember which song you start off with, but it was probably, um, it was probably something off the first two records. <laughs> one of the, one of the good ones. <laughs> one of the good. No, I mean one of the really, Ouch. you know, rock. One. No, Jeez. it's not what I meant. Oh God, let me take my foot in my mouth. I meant one of the, you know, <laughs> the singles from the first two records. Yeah, yeah. This interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> you just get some and leaves. That's not what okay. I meant. <laughs> um, and uh, no, you know what it was. Um, I actually, I, I'm going to remember what it was. It was uh, Drag You Down. No, Look Above. That's what it was. Above. That's okay. what, I'll tell you yeah. why it was above. above. <laughs> because it was above because while we were in the mosh pit, some guy is uh, is coming towards us um, body surfing. And I'm literally yelling at my wife. But at, then at that time, my girlfriend's saying, look up, like a look above you. Someone's going to fuck. <laughs> and there's Scott singing, look above, look above. And it, the not so funny part is the guy falls on her, knocks her unconscious completely knocks this is all oh you guys God. are rocking us people are moshing i drag her out of the mosh pit to the side um the paramedics had to get her um completely oh, blacked out she didn't come to until like five or ten minutes after 
So that is my experience. The first time I ever saw you guys live. Okay. Okay. More well. than a decade ago. Above a, and every time I hear one. and every time I hear that song, man, every time I hear that song, I laugh. You guys played uh, Burlington. You guys played Burlington. It was a free show. Um, friend, friends, uh, what's it called? Um, the, the free show oh, they uh, the, the Sound of Music Festival. Yes, and this was a few years back. Yeah, yeah. And during that show too, we're watching guys having a good that time. A of, that was crazy. Yes, it was a lot of people, but. <laughs> These are the memories I have with Finger Eleven shows, man. And it's always with my wife and I. And my wife, she's not, you know, she has fun. She jumps around and like you're supposed to at a show. But sometimes at free shows like that, you have people that don't always come to shows and yeah, don't really yeah. understand yeah, what it's like. So my wife, she, you know, she's just jumping around having a good time. And this guy in front of her, um, I guess, didn't realize that it was a girl. And he turns around and square off just punches her right in the gut. <laughs> so she does not have good luck. No, I, should, I, guess I should say she has bad luck with you guys. But even but, if um, you thought but, yeah. that that was a girl or a guy or anything, no, like just course. have instinct to turn around and punch whoever is there. Like without absolutely, even I, sh- I shouldn't say that. But you know, it was just the added thing that you know, like what oh, yeah. are you thinking, buddy? And this guy was a big guy, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's the guy we hire. We hire one guy to go around and just hurt people at all of the concerts. <laughs> I don't believe that. You've obviously met him every time. I don't believe that because no. uh, this is a, a clever segue because I've met you in person <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know um, talking about uh, Finger Eleven but moving on to your solo career which is, it's a new and recent thing for you yes. um, which is how I, I've, I've uh, gotten to meet you in person and, and work with you personally is through your uh, solo album Moon Boot Cocoon which yeah. uh, is, is very new and um, I'd like to ask why now to do a solo project I guess why now is because the ideas that are on the record are ones that I felt were good enough and strong enough and, and worthy enough to share. Uh, I've been writing songs for decades and decades. And I think, um, I, I have a high standard. I'm a, a music snob with my taste. So I hold my own music to that same thing. And, and I just, uh, the, there was a certain point where it's like, oh, you know what? I'm writing songs, but it doesn't mean they're good songs. It just means they're songs. It means I'm doing something. And if I'm if I'm if I'm not getting excited as a listener, that like, oh my god, this is something, you know, remarkable, then I just have more work to do. Hmm. It's funny how we started this is like, you know, describe three things about yourself, kind of thing of like. I wanted the, the lyrics and the songs, like if you listen to it, I want you to get no false uh, impression that th- this is what I'm into and this is what I'm about. It's like eclectic. It's it's kind of wordy and smart ass and backhanded mm-hmm. and ironic. And, and nerdy. Yeah, all of that stuff. I wanted to make sure like, okay, if this is just me making this record, um, it has to have all that stuff. There can't be any excuse and can't blame somebody else for... Like, oh, well, he wanted it that way. That's why it goes that way instead of this way kind of thing. So I was just taking advantage of that and and over time realizing like, okay, this song is going to come with me. Uh, But that one, no, that's just sort of a learning step. We leave that one behind kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great record and it definitely sounds nothing like anything else you've done before. Um, yeah. which, which is something that I love because it's kind of irritating when uh, someone does a solo project or another project and it just sounds pretty much identical to yeah. the other project. Yeah. What's the point? I, am a, I agree with you that like mm-hmm. I, 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 think, I think to step outside of uh, what you're known for, it's a declaration and, and it has to be a pretty 
but it has to make sense while you're doing it. If you're just going to go like, Hey, I'm going to go over here and make the same shit that I make over there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not much of a declaration and it's not, it's not taking advantage of the, the opportunities, but I don't know. I think sometimes solo ventures are political things because of the dynamics within a band. Yeah. Egotistical sometimes too. And, it can be, yeah. you know, and I think I'm fortunate enough that we're uh, finger 11 is just, uh, like kind of limitlessly creative in that sense. So there's no limit like that, but there always is some, some other stuff going on in your head that you can't articulate to other people. Well, absolutely. And uh, you had the opportunity to uh, perform at Edgefest 2014. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if the, yeah. the listener viewers know that you, that's how we met. Like, that's how we met. Uh, you were looking for backup singers and yeah. this was, I think, less than less than like about five days before the actual show. Yeah, uh, it was it was a whirlwind thing. Like I, I actually, yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I, I will admit that I didn't know it was going to pan out like that. Like once, once we had uh, sort of put out the ad for it, and I saw it up online and saw that some people had responded. Uh, I I was like, oh, I didn't know we were like we're doing it like just publicly on the internet right now, like five days before the show. I thought it was uh, going to a group of singers that uh-huh. it was a choir thing. And so I, I, it, I was immediately like, Oh Jesus, this is like, this is putting, I, I, I thrive on the pressure of like, okay, now that the, the date has been set, I got to like this, this shit has to come together or, or what it fails. Mm-hmm. I can't have that. We can't have it fail. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a small group of us. I think there is nine of us, nine singers. Yeah. Nine of us. So I yeah. had like a four piece band and nine singers. And just the fact that we were able to pull it all together so quickly was testament to everyone's abilities as, uh, as singers. And I think more importantly than being a good singer is, having a sense of music, having a sense of song. And I think we had a good, really good group of, of that there with it. And it just, we would have to have a good group. Otherwise, how the hell would we have pulled that off? And we exactly. did. It was a lot of it fun, man. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it lot was, of fun. I'm definitely grateful for that. It was a, it was a great experience. The artwork for your, for the record is really cool. I oh. really, I, it like made me want to listen. I, I want to listen anyway, but like it made me want to listen to it even more because it was just very interesting and intriguing cool. and, and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that was important to me. Like the, the artwork is always a focus for me, uh, on all the finger 11 records, uh, as well. But this one, um, the, the, what we did to make that picture on the cover, like it, it was just such a, a labor of love and a, a long way around to make sort of a collage where, uh, this day and age, you could do it in a couple of hours on Photoshop, but we just had all this cutouts and everything. And it was a cool experiment that I got to realize and, and the picture turned out cool, I think. And then, so because of the artwork and the eclecticness of it all, I'm trying to make it on vinyl. Like I, I'm just as visual as I am sonic, I suppose, as a, as a person or as an artist. So yeah, I was going to say I, you, you do all the artwork, don't you? Yeah, that's yeah. all you saw. That's all James Black. Like the the Finger Eleven stuff, I conceptualized and then mm-hmm. usually had another artist execute it in a certain style. 
uh other than the the finger 11 the self-titled one mm-hmm. the black and white one i did the, all of that um and then yeah with this i knew i was gonna have to be very hands-on just because it's it's my it's my thing no exactly everything's you man that's that's your record you know what i mean from the artwork to the music to to everything yeah you i know? think that's that's important to the the reason why th- certain artists appear to be unique in history is that they they were really hands-on about everything like mm-hmm. david bowie is one of those entities that like david bowie is one of a kind mm-hmm. not only because he made unique music but he presented himself uniquely he was brilliant at the music business of it even though being good at the music business isn't cool you know it's not a rock star thing to be but he was brilliant at it and every reason why a guy like him is preserved in everyone's mind as an eclectic and creative creature is because he he did it all you know mm-hmm. he didn't hire the right people to be next to he did it so uh it, it's i'm inspired by those types of characters and i think the only way to get at it is to stumble across it by just being yourself and like uh, every like if you are t- if you're uh if you have too much access to too much professional stuff, you can make too professional looking or sounding a product. And there's no fun in that. That's like Coca-Cola. And uh, you know what I mean? It's absolutely, it's the mistakes that your, your limitations are sort of what give it that odd shape that makes it unique and you. And I think the, with, with this record, like being able to do, uh, be playing most of the instruments and doing the artwork and everything. It's just, it, it's all wonky in the right way because it all comes from the same wonky head, some wonky hands. That's, that's what I was just going to say. You played just about everything on it, um, which I think yeah. is important for a solo record. I always get confused when someone puts out a solo record and they did nothing but sing on it. It's yeah. not really a solo record. <laughs> I mean, no? I think if you're, if you're, uh, like, if my goal was to like, I want to sing songs over jazz music, but I don't know how to play jazz music. Sure. Then I could see like, okay, I'm gonna hire a jazz band and then I'm gonna just do my shitty voice on top of it. But uh, that's just not my agenda. It was my, I, I I like I like pushing my abilities to as far as they can go and not not in the sense of like speed like as a guitar player i want to be like eddie van halen mm-hmm. i want to play a thousand notes it's more about the how to how to approach it and stab at it in a different way kind of thing so working with a different producer and as the guy i was playing bass guitar i didn't play the drums but all the other stuff uh your, the interactions all of a sudden i'm playing the bass like because I'm a guitar player and now playing the guitar interacting with this bass line that I mm-hmm. played I play the guitar differently because and so it's a call and response thing and being responsible for all the parts you start to learn uh, about uh, the the purpose of all of them like I've been a guitar player for my whole career but the bass like on this record the bass is the the main instrument I'd say mm-hmm. and I my my mind has shifted to what the importance of the bass is over guitar guitar is like uh, forever will be my love and my passion but the bass can make the song a million different things even if the same guitar riff is the same guitar riff you can make the bass can make a song reggae or funky or sad or slow or fast and the guitar can just be 
showing off over top of it. <laughs> it. It's just there's a way more power to the bass than I had realized until I was the guy doing it, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, the power of the bass. Yeah, that's 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 what I learned the most out of doing it all myself well i really i really admire your hands-on approach on everything uh everything from playing just about everything on the record obviously writing everything um doing the artwork and everything this is this is something that i personally uh that's that's kind of my approach and my uh what i aspire to do so i, I definitely love seeing um a guitarist from a band doing the solo project and, and not just doing a vanity solo project doing a yeah. real project you know yeah. what i mean that is really uh like you said it really speaks of who james black is yeah well thank you yeah i mean i i think that's the importance of why why to do something like that and a lot of times why you're doing like yourself or myself like why you're doing it all is like no one else is gonna do it and if they are they're not gonna do it like the way you want it yeah yeah right yeah they're they're not gonna care as much as you No, of course not and it's just not gonna have that little whatever i don't know that that weirdness i guess like i think weird uh, in a good way, you know, uh, yeah, personality, oh, sure. you can, I mean, uh, I think there's a benefit with working with the band, you know I mean? It's, it's the best of, of all, uh, musicians and artists come together, but there's something also very special and just different about, you know, a good solo project too. So yeah, you nailed well, it. I, I think in a band, the chemistry is that thing that is weird and oblong and strange is that mm-hmm. it's the chemistry that like only these people in this room together, they're all a little bit off because everyone's a little bit off Mm -hmm. and that weirdness together fits and makes the band. But in modern rock, I think a lot of the technologies have allowed people to fix all the stuff that makes that dynamic chemistry. Mm -hmm. I think there's two things. Some of the modern bands don't have any chemistry. They're just like five guys who answered the ad in the paper and had the right haircut. (laughs) And then the other ones are clothes. Yeah. And the other ones are, they're really good bands, but they're, they're just sort of over editing their records. It's always about preserving the weird and the wonky about it. Cause that's what, I don't know. We all are a little bit weird and wonky, I guess. All right, James, are you ready for 20 questions? Sure. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Oh man. <gasps> it depends on the day, but I'll go meat. <gasps> CD or vinyl? Uh, this has been a recent debate in my mind. I'll go with vinyl just because it's uh, it's sort of cosmically feels like the right answer. <laughs> Summer or winter? Winter. Acoustic or electric? Um, uh, electric. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Melody or rhythm? Ah, uh, oh, see, I I take that two ways. Like, what am I? What am I good at? What is my strong suit in that? Or what's the most important? Most uh, important. Most important, I'd say, is rhythm. But I think I'm good at melody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Solo or band? Uh, shit. That you may that, you may want to be careful. With yeah, this I was answer. just gonna say. <laughs> well, at, like, let the other uh, guys hear this answer. <laughs> you mean myself? What do I prefer? Yeah. I was thinking what you meant as a listener. It's like, well, I don't know, you know, like some soul, some solo artists, some bands. Um, I don't know. Like we touched on it a lot in the interview, but I guess solo is like you get all the power, but the band, you feel like you're, you're in a band. So I'll go with band just because it's, it's that, it's not as lonely. Good answer. You guys will be together for much longer now. <laughs> well, no, it's a weird thing. It's that Jeez, like, we thought we yeah. would break up the band on here. God. With, the, with omnipotent power over your 
project when you're the solo artist it's a it's like you're the the king in his lonely tower yes and with yes. a band you're just like leaning on each other and and you're kicking the ship left and right pros and cons both, right yeah yeah indie or major um i guess indie studio or live live the simpsons or futurama mm, simpsons mac or pc mac poutine or pizza <laughs> mm. I like poutine better than pizza, but I have pizza more than poutine. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And I don't know if that speaks to the convenience of pizza or if it means that I don't... <laughs> what if you had poutine on pizza? I'm not passionate enough about my poutine. Uh, anyway, sorry, what was the next that's one? That's okay, hockey <laughs> or baseball? Oh, God. I guess hockey. I told yeah, you. Baseball. I told you he'd say hockey, Russ. I know. Like <laughs> I'm not... Uh, I'm not much of a sports guy Neither at all. At all. <laughs> but baseball, I just find it so boring. Ross, that was you. None of us. I don't think anyone on here is is into sports whatsoever. But <laughs> no, I don't think so. I I, no. I just looked up Canadian things. Yes, and hockey and lacrosse came up. Yeah. And, and then Marcy like, said that no one watches lacrosse, and I was I like, I don't even know what lacrosse is. I probably would have said lacrosse yeah. because <laughs> it, what okay. I have what I have seen of it is very aggressive. Yeah, like, it is. Eh? You, like you're using your stick as a as a weapon and. Yeah, it seems quite a brutal sport. So it I sounds like a normal day here in Glasgow. So <laughs> I not want to watch that. Well, speaking of real masculinity, uh, next question is Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Oh, musically, Michael Jackson for yes. sure. But I think but Michael Bolton everything has better else, hair. Michael yes, Michael Bolton has great <laughs> hair. Thank you. <laughs> uh, twerk or work? Uh, twerk being the, the dance. Yeah, you know yeah. what work is. You're all about that. We know. Uh, I guess I I work. Yeah, but I work at a twerk factory. There so. we go. I like it. Well, there you go. <laughs> Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? <laughs> well, of course, Ricky Gervais. I, yeah. I really. Why does love... everyone say "of course" before of Ricky? Of course, Gervais. it's obvious. I should have worn my Ricky Gervais shirt today. Uh, yeah, I, I I like his uh, almost incessant like prodding of the everyone's religious beliefs yes he just yes. seems like he's such the provoker <laughs> he doesn't that care. I, I get a kick out of it yeah whale or kale whale did you say whale or kale uh, yeah but you seem so yeah. sure about that he's like whale like but you obviously whale is like a living creature yes. <laughs> yeah uh, uh, I, I don't know. You actually it doesn't really make sense. Everyone else just you know just says whatever they think, and you actually thought about it. And yeah, I yeah, appreciate I that. I pre yeah. Yeah, exactly. we appreciate that. Well, I actually started to think what kind of whale, and then I I was going through the thing, and well, like, if you want to get specific, then you we know, can go specific here, man. Narwhal Share your favorite like type that. of whale. <laughs> the narwhal, I think. Yeah. All right. All right. It's like the uh, unicorn of the sea. Bat Midler or the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I, for sure, the Riddler. For sure. And here's the last, last awkward question. Do a drum, drum roll. That's my terrible drum roll. Yeah, that's not even a drum roll. Ross or Marcio? Oh. It's okay. You've met Marcio, so I'm not offended if you say Marcio. I'll be so offended if you don't say Well, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I, I'll, I'll use that as my sort of like escape button. It's like I have met Marcio and he, he's better looking in real life. 
<laughs> oh, it better be. I, I love backhanded compliments. They're probably my favorite. Uh, oh, man. Uh, James, what kind of advice would you give to any aspiring musician? I, a good part of it is luck. So I, I, faith, faith that like you're just you got to be doing it, I guess. You got to be doing it as much as you can because that's the only way that somebody just happens to see you and the right things fall into place. Um, and I guess that goes for songwriting too. Like just to get at a place where you feel happy about the stuff that you're making, I think you just have to do it and do it and do it and, and make a bunch of crap that you just, you burn and hope nobody ever sees or hears, but you had to go through it. So I think all along, all across the board, like playing live, you only get better if you do it a bunch of times. And like I, how I started out, like we just got happened to get notice at a family restaurant roadhouse playing a jam night. And then from that, we made a demo and then we won a radio contest. We got a record deal and blah, blah, blah. And now, and now I'm doing Sh- this. Shibugama, what's <laughs> yeah, yeah. it called? I <laughs> name. Yeah. 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 And now I'm on the, this podcast. There we go. So like, can you believe it? Only this, way is really, this is all really from, the, the epitome. This is like, the this pinnacle. Is, this is the pinnacle. That's where I'm looking yeah. for of your career. Yeah. <laughs> this is all from playing uh, at O'Toole's in Burlington, Ontario. It really is. Very strange trajectory of things. Really? And you know what? The funniest thing, like, we were dedicated to a point. So we went and we did this jam night thinking like, you know what, maybe for some reason someone will be at some shitty family restaurant in Burlington and notice us and we'll get a record deal. So one week we went down there and uh, we met a guy from whose cousin worked at Sony Records or something like that. And he was like, oh, you should come back next Thursday and I'll try to bring my cousin. So uh, we didn't know at the time that a producer in town was sitting in another seat somewhere and he was like i'm gonna call those guys on monday and so that's really the connection but this other guy this sony records guy was like okay you guys come back next thursday and and i'll bring my cousin so the bc boys and rollins band were coming to toronto on thursday and me and rick were like we're not fucking missing rollins band and bc boys to go meet some guy's cousin at a roadhouse to <laughs> but Part of us was like, yeah, but this this could be our big break. We can't say, oh, we didn't get a record deal because we went to see uh, the Beastie Boys. So we were sort of like, I'm like, uh, you know what? I'm dedicated enough to this. I will, I'll miss Rollins and Beastie Boys for this. Fuck it. Let's go. We don't know. We don't know what will happen. So uh, in the afternoon, we get news that the O'Toole's in Burlington had burned to the ground. Oh. And we were so happy because we got to go to see Rollins and Beast Boys without any guilt, without any career guilt. So no what ifs or, you know, poor, some poor restaurateur in Burlington's fortunes had burnt to the ground and we were like high-fiving each other. <gasps> That's amazing, man. Uh, so yeah. what do you, what's on your iPad nowadays or uh, iPod or whatever equivalent to the iPod without well, giving advertisement to Apple? Device. What, the what real are you listening device. to? What MP3 player are you using yeah. The real answer is I don't know because I just did the update on my iPhone and it's works half as well as it used to. Yeah, and I know. All the songs are gone and everything, uh, but the, the new Alt-J 
is the record that I've been listening to the most. Cool. Do you know that band? Alt J? No. Yeah, I know them. Yeah, it's it's cool, man. Like it's just very yeah. adventurous and, and elaborate. Very cool. It's not like anything that anyone else is making. So yeah, check that out. Alt J. Very cool. And uh, people can find you online. Uh, obviously, the band is at fingerlovin.com. Yep. You're Yo Jimbo underscore black on uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter. And yep. on Instagram, is it the same thing? Uh, yes. And on Facebook, I am James Black or James Black's Mind. Or something and crazy. Yeah, it's James Black's Mind. James there's Black. uh, jamesblack.ca. It's okay. just my, my sort of like straight up website tumblr page base. hey james this has been fantastic it's been uh, such a pleasure thanks so much oh, for coming fun, on here yeah uh, please thanks, come again soon thanks for letting me talk endless endlessly hey it's our pleasure man take it easy yeah. thanks thanks for listening to this week's episode of bridge the atlantic if you like what you heard please subscribe and leave a rating and review on itunes you can also find us on youtube facebook twitter and instagram so connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show thanks for being awesome and we'll see you next week catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started